0: Love Talk Radio.
1: This is Colin from Cannot Justify. Justify? Your rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Holster, and Big Swing.
2: Good evening, everybody. If you hear that sound, you know what time it is. It's Monday night, Attitude Era Live Monday, and it is our official one-year anniversary. And with me is uh, the Modern Nightmare, Matthias. Hello. Hey, how you doing, big guy? Good. And also, we have uh, Granny Hawkster, who's going to have some uh, other information for us, but I'm waiting for our first guest to call. I know that she's uh, she is... Uh, busy, so uh, she's got to call in right away, so we'll just wait for her to call and we'll get to the show, but how's everybody else doing out
3: there? Well, I'm here, Anna, I Granny, Oh, there's Granny. All I've right. been
1: on. I've been on. I was waiting for you to introduce me.
2: <laughs> well, go ahead, Granny. You are on.
1: Well, you know, I'll just wait and share my news here a little bit, because I know we're waiting for our first guest, so.
2: All right, and... uh yeah because of the uh time zone and the time frame that she's in and the fact that she's uh uh doing all the stuff that she's doing right now uh basically uh she uh has to uh be on and run and then uh we'll go over who else we got on tonight we got uh peter Dobson uh on with us tonight, and uh we also have uh another great guest uh we have uh Marie lauren but uh as of right now. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Ladies and gentlemen, the storm front is here. I give you our first guest. She is KC Storm. <laughs>
4: hello. Hello. How's everyone doing?
2: Good. How are you, uh, this evening, Casey?
4: I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. How's the weather out there?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, it's pretty good. Uh, the snow has not started to fly yet, uh, although uh, in North Dakota, snow, as we know, can start at any time. But we're hoping it at least stays around till, uh, stays away until like, at least, like, what, guys, February or March, and then just go away well, completely.
3: That would be nice. But.
2: So uh, case really? children, I, guess, I on didn't
4: Asia. realize it didn't soften.
2: Uh we're, we're on 89.1 Kids FM. Uh, we have Casey Storm as our guest. We have about uh, 28 minutes. Uh, so, Casey, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll uh, have some fun with the interview, and then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the difficult stuff. So go ahead. Okay.
4: okay. Um, well, let's see. I've been in the entertainment industry, I guess you'd say, for a lot of years. Since I was in my 20s, I guess, is when I started with modeling, and it just kind of went from there. Um, prior to that, and even after, I worked as a what's called a um, hired gun for many for different various corporations. And I'm, I don't know do y'all know what that is or no? Uh,
2: if you want to elaborate in a PG sense, go ahead.
4: Oh no, it's all all a hired gun is is uh, you're you are hired to go into companies as a low level employee to assess the rest of the employees and report back to corporate and you let them know who needs to go and why and then you are part of the fi- the firing part process it's kind of like donald trump only not on that high of a scale
0: or
2: or kind of like so uh kind of like a kind of like a beautiful version of undercover boss kind of
4: kind of i like your version i'd like that much better actually yeah okay yeah, so that's it's- pretty much it
2: so if you, get a, if you get a call from uh, anybody from Fargo, that a place I might work at, ha- and they want you to come in and uh, watch me at work, hang up <laughs> on them, please.
4: No uh, problem. So I, uh, I will tell them that they have nothing to worry about.
2: Okay, but, yeah, um, so if you get a yeah, call then, from anybody from Ken's FM or any other place I work at, just hang right up. <laughs> 701 no is the area code. I got you covered.
4: So, so. I got you covered. <laughs> So, yeah, And uh, then, from, well, like I said, yeah. and
2: from there I went into various industries. Well, I, w- I want to talk to you more about this uh, hired gun thing. This is kind of cool. And then uh, we'll also talk about uh, uh, after we do the roundtable, because I know that uh, people want to uh, – my co-hosts want to talk a little bit more about the hired gun thing, and they want to help uh, you help them protect their jobs as well. But the <laughs> – what, when someone calls you and says, uh, "Hey, you know what? I need you to I need you to come in and uh, uh, check this uh, check this guy out, or check these people out. Do they have you come for a week? Do they have you come for a couple days? Uh, how long do you usually get hired for, something like that?"
4: Well, you actually work for a company, and um, what's called a uh, a headhunter. It's a com the type of company, and they in turn employ you to go to various locations so it it doesn't matter you could be there for a couple of weeks you could be there for a couple of months um case in point um i ended up i worked for um hustler for for quite some time um for the corporate and in their stores um i was very close friends with larry flint and Teresa, and larry's granddaughter um, um his granddaughter is a very close friend of mine still and so I worked for them, doing that with their employees. And they even sent me out to California to start assessing the stores out in California and the people that work there, from management all the way down to salespeople. And I went in as a salesperson um, and assessed everyone from the ground up.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, you know, it'd be really cool if you could uh, if you could hook us up with Larry Flint's granddaughter for uh, for an interview. That'd be really cool. Now, uh, I'm going to ask one more question and we're going to do a roundtable. You know, when you mentioned this headhunter uh, head thing, you know what I th- uh, think of? I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie 9 to 5 uh, when yes. uh, Jane Fonda is uh, hunting down Dabney Coleman and then there's a scene and she shoots him and all of a sudden his head is on the wall. That's what I think of yes. when uh, you say headhunter. <laughs> um,
4: you know, I can think of a few heads I wouldn't mind mounting on my wall. <laughs> I kind of well, like I'll your you idea what, on that one, too.
2: Well, I know that uh, if I don't stop calling you at 2 in the morning, I know that my head might end up here at your wall at some point. So that's why I haven't given you my address. Uh, But anyway, uh, uh, Casey Storm is our guest, and we love Casey here, but uh, we'll do a roundtable, then we'll come back to me. I'm going to ask you about uh, your other uh, sideline, but uh, Modern Nightmare Matthias. Uh, Martin Meitner, Matthias, I know that he's got a question for you, and I'm sure that uh, he'll tell you uh, that he doesn't want you to take any calls from his boss
3: either. Uh, What do you got, Matthias? Go ahead. Well, first off, I want to welcome you onto the show. Uh, Yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one professional wrestler, two-time current APW and EWI Diamond champion, Matthias here. Um I guess my main question to you cuz from what I'm hearing you've done plenty of stuff throughout your entire life uh livelihood what is one of the most uh-huh. interesting things you've ever been able to be a part of whether it's in a certain industry like a certain project or like what what's one of your most interesting uh, moments throughout your entire career so far
2: if you can't say this show cuz that'd be too
0: easy <laughs>
4: um being a do- being a dominant Fair enough. I am. I am a. Prefer, I'm a professional dominant by trade. So.
2: Now, are you are able to? Well, no. Are you are you able to elaborate on off. that in the PG sense?
4: Yeah, I can. I can try. I can try my best. Okay. Um, it's uh, there are there there are many many different types of domination. Um, there are some people who have fetishes that are what they call mommy doms, like they they want to be mothered or whatever. And you have some that are into humiliation. You have some that are into physical pleasures. And then you have some that, you know, that are into punishment. And I am the, um, a sadistic dominant, dominant, uh, referred to as a domino. And I actually am like a punisher. Um, I send people come to me that feel like they need to be punished. I deal with a lot of, um, CEOs, um, presidents of companies. Um, I have some one percenters (laughs) that I even deal with. Um, and they want to basically they do things in their life that they feel they are ashamed of. And I in turn am judge, jury or an executioner. And so they sign waivers and it's on like Donkey Kong from that point forward.
2: Well, you know, uh my co host, uh, Casey, uh, they uh they, they have to suffer through my jokes uh every week so they know what it's like <laughs> to be tortured.
4: Where's the <laughs> oh, wall? Uh, uh, yeah, I also well, work with a lot of you know, women um, who have been in, in abuse situations and I teach them how to be dominant and more competent in their roles as females. So that nobody can take advantage of them any longer, and nobody can harm them. If anything, it's going to be the other way around. Um, so I've kind of come full circle with all of that, and I do a lot more of that now than I do anything else.
2: So, so, have, so, uh, so, you were the one who taught
4: my wife this stuff. Shh, I can't tell. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you
2: what. Here's uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Granny Holster now. If you want to uh, talk about uh, a strong gal that does not take any guff from anybody, she would uh, no, she I would don't. be a, she would be a yeah she would be a perfect uh, uh, apprentice for you. So Granny, what do you have for our guest Casey Storm? We're on 89.1 Kens FM. We got about 20 minutes. Go ahead.
1: Well, welcome to the show. We're thank it's you. pleasure to have you on. And, you know, and I kind Icon is very really right. I do not take grief from nobody because, you know, I love to go to professional wrestling matches, whether it's independent wrestling matches or, or whatever. But I have my own gimmick name and because I holler at bad guys and bad women at wrestling shows. I'm not afraid to get in their face, talk smack to them. So, you know, what has been... So I guess my question to you is, what has been one of your most challenging experiences or jobs that you've ever had to maybe try to handle?
2: Granny, she hasn't had me alone um, yet.
4: <laughs> I, uh, it, 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 well, it probably comes down to the same to the same. Uh, the same job description, the same job line, um, which was my, when I first became a, a professional dominant, and I ran a couple of um, entities that were out in California, and um, they were very sadistic, I guess, for lack of a ways. Um, one was in Miami. It was Miami Mean Girls, and then American Mean Girls was out in California, and now we have Las Vegas Mean Girls in, in Las Vegas Nevada. Um, we would have to, uh, I would have to have them sign waivers. When, when the submissive or uh, the people who, you know, wanted to, I guess, dabble on the dark side because they felt like they weren't worthy, um, because we have um, sent people to the emergency room already, um, because we we don't, uh, I don't humiliate per se or anything like that. I I into more the whips, the dragon tails, uh, I waterboard. Um, I have different things, different tools. Um, I do a lot of electric electric torture, Um, so I I have to kind of work these things out without actually. They get harmed, but they don't. Nobody, nobody's ever, nobody's ever passed away from it. But it took me about a year to really be able to understand and do that because I had come from a background where. Um, I have been in an abusive situation for 15 years. That's why I work with women that are, have been abused and are in abusive situations, um, both with them after they get out and helping them to get out in some, certain, some circumstances. Um, and I think it was hard for me because I never saw myself as being strong. So I was learning to be strong when I was being taught this myself, and it was probably one of the hardest things I did. It wasn't, it wasn't the corporate thing that was hard. Um you learn that with an education you know it wasn't um, going into a boardroom that was hard um because i was never you know i didn't i was never without confidence in my abilities professionally but personally it was very difficult so I had to learn how to personally become strong and so i have i would have to say that one that was also one of my hardest ones wow that's
1: that's amazing i mean it you know it just to have to do what you do I I mean I've been through a lot in my life you know you know and I mean I've dealt with a my personal life I have dealt with abuse you know the emotional the physical mm-hmm. the I mean you know and it's it's it is tough and so I admire you for being able to be that strong person and go in and help help those women you know and and when they need the help. So
4: I admire you yeah. for And that. and ever since the pandemic, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that um domestic violence along with sex trafficking has gone up at least a minimum in those cases of seventy eight to eighty five percent. So it's wow. um, you know, it's suppose,
2: it. I suppose right. because of the quarantine I suppose because of the quarantine, you know, you're stuck living with the guy or gal or whatever.
4: Right, and and there nobody can you know, people can't go to work and their their livelihoods are being taken from them and things are getting stressful and you know, and they're they're day in and day out having to look at each other for lack of a better way of putting it. And when there's already hostility there and there's already, you know, a sense of uncertainty or, you know, there's some instability, then you take and you add all of this into the mix and a lot of people started you know, started drinking, they started turning to um, you know, to drugs, they started You know, going into depressions, and it just escalated everything to such an epidemic proportion. And now we've got a lot going on because um, you have the issues with, you know, what's going on at the borders, and you know, how is this affecting, you know, how is this affecting the women, and, and how is this affecting, you know, the way they're being treated, and you know, they're being pushed to the side, and and a lot of these women that are in these situations aren't getting the help that they need because everybody's so busy running over here to take care of this, you know, so we have to step in, you know, those of us who are able have to be willing to say, okay, if this is what it takes, we're going to get a career together and we're going to go get them out. So, you know, it, there's not, the way I see it, there's just no option.
2: That's awesome. Uh, we have Casey storm as our guest here. We have about uh, 14 minutes now. Uh, you know, uh, Real quick about the uh, the domination thing, and then we'll uh, talk about uh, your other your other sideline. Besides me, when I call you at two in the morning because I don't know what time zones are, have you ever really made a guy cry? All the time. Okay, (laughs) so uh, so I I guess. uh, (laughs) Well, uh, but have I? I have not been added to your do not answer list. Have I? Like all my relatives.
4: Um, actually, nobody gets an answer for me at 2 a.m. except my significant other or or a family member because it's an emergency. They're on bypass. Nobody else gets through. Okay. So, you know, well,
2: that, don't worry
4: about it. Now I know why I I I didn't want, even know you know I,
2: Okay. Well, good. Yeah, now I know uh, why it uh, <laughs> says uh, this number has been temporarily disconnected. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Casey
2: Storms, I guess, you're on 89.1 KCFM. we got 13 minutes. Now, uh, you know, you mentioned uh that uh you uh you're a proponent of uh uh trying to help stop domestic violence and um well you know, and a lot of people don't may not realize and correct me if I'm wrong, but domestic violence it could also not only be uh the the guy to the gal, but the gal could could be uh, abusing the guy, correct?
4: Yes. Yes, that is absolutely the case. And we deal with, we we help both. And when I say women, I'm primarily talking about men. Most men don't need you to teach them self-defense. Most men don't need you to teach them, you know, how to take care of themselves. I mean, some do, but most don't. But most women in these situations have no concept that they have a voice or that they can raise their hand or that they can defend themselves. And that's why I guess I put it out in that manner. Um, But yes, absolutely. Absolutely by all means, it, it goes both ways. And I have seen it go both ways. Just like there's a lot of, um, you know, men out there that have women that are, are so um, over the top, I guess you'd say, that they will do anything and everything to try and keep them from their children. I mean, and, and there's a lot of men who, who are having their rights interfered with just like women do, um, you know. So it, it's a it's a two-way street across the board, everything from the, the, the violence, to using children as a weapon, to, you know, I think about the only thing they aren't in is sex trafficking. and hell, they might be doing that too before it's over with. Um, and I don't so, mean that lightly. I mean, it's just the way everything's going.
2: If, so if someone uh, were is in that, if one some of our fans that are listening uh, right now that might be in a relationship like that, what advice would you give them? Uh, where would you suggest they turn for help?
4: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Honestly, I would tell them to try and talk to somebody at their nearest women's center or a women's shelter. Um, But a lot of times you'd be surprised that there is a friend or there is a family member who can intervene in ways that you never even thought possible because you forget you have a voice. And so you you don't, out of fear, you don't reach out for help. You're, it's almost paralyzing to, to a degree because it's emotional, it's mental, it's psychological, it's physical. So it, it covers all spectrum. And it's, like I said, it's almost debilitating to a point. And you forget. So the first thing you need to do is remember that you are stronger than you think and you do have a voice and you can reach out and there will be people that will come to your aid and they will help. Um, I'm on you know I'm I can be reached on any of my social videos. Um, some of the girls in the adult industry I've helped them um, with how they get caught up in things and they're you know they just need somebody to talk to or there's a lot of things going on that they don't understand and, and they don't you know they haven't been told everything that they need to be you know needed to be told so it, it's on all aspects all walks of life so there's always somebody um, who can help and Start with your women's centers, and if you don't know, ask somebody, find somebody. We have there's some there is so much out there that 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 a woman can you know look for to learn and learn learn the signals so that when you see somebody in help, you recognize different you know different things that they may be doing or the way they may be acting, and you you can sometimes intervene that way when they don't have a voice and they don't have the ability to do so.
2: And uh, Casey Storms, I guess, here on eighty nine point one Kens FM, we have nine minutes left with Casey. I wish it were nine more years, but, uh, so, you know, one other thing I'd like to go back to, uh, you know, um, when, uh, when you go to, when you get, uh, hired by a a company to go in and uh, check out, uh, like certain workers or situations or whatever, how, how, what, what kind of communication uh, do you have? Do they send you a list of what you're looking for, or do they say, uh, we've heard this about this person, we want you to verify if you, this is going on? Your
4: yeah, you find out who your colleagues are going to be so that when you go in, you you know the position you're going into. Um, Hustler is the best example I can give you. Um, I was in as an entry-level salesperson, and I don't do sales at all, but um, I was a salesperson, but I knew that I had to not only assess the sales team, but I was looking at the assistant managers, managers as well. So uh, out, in, out in California, they all had to, um, you know, they all had to be, be scrutinized and put under a microscope because there was so much going on out there. And you, you I tell everybody I didn't make a whole lot of friends in that job because you do have to get close to people. You do have to get to know people a little bit. And you're usually there on an average of, you know, anywhere from, you know, three or four weeks. Sometimes you're only there a few days, but very seldom. Usually you're there for a few weeks, you know, or a couple of months. And you do get to know people. And it, it gets real, the waters get really, really murky. Um, so you, you just, I don't even know how to... The best way I guess to explain it is, is you just you take each individual job and you learn about it so that you can assess and it's real easy to determine okay are, are these people working are they stealing are they giving in some cases you know with hustler there were some some of the toys for lack of a better way of putting it, that um, they had to be able to give descriptions on how they, to use these properly. They were giving bad information and you know, to the degree that some of it could end up getting people hurt. And it, you have to know a lot to not be an employee, in my opinion, because you have to be able to, no, I can't, do if I don't know about your job, how can I assess whether or not you're doing your job? So you have to know about a bunch of different titles, a bunch of different jobs, and their descriptions all at once, because you're nine times out of ten. You're not just assessing one position and one person. You're It's an entire staff.
1: Uh,
2: Casey Storm is our, uh, our guest here on 89.1 Kinz FM, and uh, for those of you who listen to our regular show... Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that, uh, go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that, uh, do a $10 a month donation uh, to follow the Tower. We'll get you an autograph from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. So uh, get your entries in now. Uh, we'll announce that uh, later on when we're going to be ge- doing those giveaways. But the other the other thing, Casey, I, I, I just want to uh, basically thank you for all that uh, you do and all that you stand for but uh like I say, if you ever get a call from a seven oh one number besides me and I'll understand <laughs> if you never answer the phone again, just don't uh just send it to voicemail and then uh forward it to me. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I can do and that.
4: So I can do that.
2: Right. And so so we can do this. Uh if our fans want to check out and you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got?
4: well i don't have tiktok because they banned me so (laughs) i I, I know the feeling anymore yeah i know it's kind of suck but they they banned me because my
2: videos were just boring
4: they banned me because i put up a picture of somebody being dominated they said i was inciting violence
2: wow i don't know
4: i know right i don't know i don't get it it was just a picture That's that's why I'll
2: probably uh, I'll I'll definitely stop calling it two in the morning now. But anyway, uh, (laughs) what else you got? got No TikTok, Casey.
4: I'm on. Yes, I am on. um, Twitter is my main account that you will find me on, Um, and it's at it's K-A-S, as in Sam E Y underscore Storm S T O R M. That's my main, and then at Real Queen Casey is my domination. And those those two I'm on a lot. Um, I'm on Instagram, which is also at Casey, K-A-S-E-Y, underscore Storm, S-T-O-R-M. And I also have links um, to various sites that I'm on. Like I have an OnlyFans, um, which is for Domination. I also have Unfiltered, um, which is on my Twitter page. You can find that. And that is ran by um, my girlfriend, Stephanie, um pateo she's from 90 day fiance um and she's got a site and it's great it's got everything from adult to mainstream to workouts to, i mean you name it and it's on there it's just awesome and then i do have facebook i have a facebook fan page um official casey storm and then Ms. mz casey storm so uh, any of those i'm on um Snapchat. i'm Snapchat, i don't much as snapchat i haven't been able to figure out snapchat if you, you you know what you can call me at 2 a.m if you can help me figure out how to navigate snapchat
2: i i can help you with snapchat i can help you do okay. that
4: okay then you then you can call me at 2 a.m if you need to
2: okay hey you guys it it, it it's recorded you heard her say i can call her one time to teach <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, uh, one thing. Uh, one thing, Casey. Uh, uh, I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but there is one picture. It's uh, there, all the pictures. You are beautiful, of course, but the most beautiful uh, yeah. picture that you have on your fan po- Facebook page, your fan page, is you're standing in front of the American flag and you're wearing like this. Uh, this like they, they look like jewels or crystals or something, and you have like a mask on. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah. That's uh, just. It was, it was just an, um, the photo that, that I had. I put the background. I made. I imposed the background onto that onto the regular photo. Uh,
2: I'm just kind of curious. That, that looked like uh, that. That outfit cost like five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine thousand dollars or something like that, with all the crystals and jewels. No, on it. no,
4: not at all. <laughs> um, the, the The head The headdress was seventy. The uh face
2: mask was thirty and the dress itself was three fifty. Awesome. Well I'll tell you what, Casey, uh I do want to thank you for joining us tonight. You have been so wonderful. And uh I'll uh I'll I'll always think twice from now on if uh I uh, <laughs> if I call at the wrong time. Um you know. Uh I, I'm I've sure you should probably use Jedi Mindrix too. With- that. Right, right, right. But uh, it'll only be once, I promise. But I'll tell you what, okay. Casey, uh, you you are great. We hope that you'd be willing to join us, to, uh, uh, join us again. I hope we haven't scared you away too much. And you are awesome. No, no, and no. most importantly, thank you for being my friend. I appreciate it.
4: Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate hey, you reaching out to me. Thank you, everybody. All
2: right. All right Casey Hi. Storm, ladies and gentlemen, talk about, uh, you know, she's exactly what uh, – uh, Billy Joel was talking about when he came up with the Stormfront album. She should have been on the cover. Uh, we're going to take a quick little timeout here, uh, and then our next guest is Waiting the Wings, but we got to hear from one of our sponsors, and we'll be back right after this. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended stay. Pet's only hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size bridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the greatest actor to ever play Elvis <laughs> twice, the Oscar-winning performing Elvis in the great movie Protecting the King, and he was also Elvis in the "Porous uh, uh, Gump. That's why it won all its awards, because he appeared in it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you my hero. He is Peter Dobson.
5: Hey, good evening. I Cut. How are you, man?
2: Good. What's up, bud?
5: Greetings from uh, gr- greeting crazy Los Angeles, pal. Good to hear you.
2: All right. if you, Yeah, if you want to do that quick little liner, then uh, we'll have some fun with the interview. Go ahead.
5: Oh, yeah, the liner. Right, right, right. Okay, so, uh, hey, this is Peter Dobson. You're listening to Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1. Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny hustler, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. It's actually Holster. All right. Did I say
2: it right? <laughs> well it's okay. Well 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 see here's what I do, uh Peter. I usually just uh after you say the icon, I just edit every no, I don't do that. I don't do that. Uh <laughs> Peter Dobson's our guest here and we're on eighty nine point one Kent FM. We got forty five minutes here with uh Mr because we have a lot of stuff to uh we got a lot of stuff to fill in. So uh, first off, uh, you, as I mentioned to you at the beginning, uh, you have well actually you have played Elvis quite a few times, uh, but you 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 played him in Forrest Gump uh, and you also played him in Protecting the King. What is it like looking like Elvis? Because I look like Mick Foley, so you know I don't I'm not as lucky as you, but I want to know what is it like the fact that you do look like Elvis. <laughs>
5: Uh, uh, well, look, look, um, I was going to say make a long story short, but 45 minutes. Oh my God. So oh, hope, hope, I'll, hope I can keep your, uh, listeners in tune here. Um, I kind of, it all came, uh, through, through, uh, director Robert Zemeckis years and years ago. Uh, we, we did a very short lived show, uh, a little ahead of its time. It was called Johnny Bago. And basically the show that Bob wrote along with, uh, a guy named uh, Peter Seaman and Jeffrey Price. And these are the guys who wrote, who frame Roger Rabbit and E.T. and Frank Marshall who did Raiders of the Lost Ark. So it was this really incredible team of talent decided uh, for the uh, 1993 or 94 se- season of television to write this, this one-hour comedy called Johnny Bago about this mob guy uh, who steals a Winnebago. He's on the lam. Uh, and goes basically from state to state, uh, causing havoc. And one of the episodes we did—it kind of sounds uh, like this show. It, it, <laughs> well, basically, buddy, Southie. Uh, one of the episodes took place in South Dakota, and uh, the character I played, Johnny Bago, was out there, and he's—he <clears throat> finds this old camera and he starts taking pictures outside in the woods, and he hears kind of this, this shuffle. And uh, he turns really quick. The camera goes off. And uh, when he goes back to the trailer, he, uh, he you know, he, he pulls the things out. It's one of those, it's thematic camera. He starts pulling the pictures out, waits for them to develop, and and one of these pictures catches his eye. And as it as it starts getting clearer and clearer, he sees that this 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 figure. He thinks it's Bigfoot at first because it's that. Very famous picture of Bigfoot with his arms out, you know, walking in the woods. So right. he thinks he captured Bigfoot, but as the picture, goes, picture uh, goes bigger and bigger, turns out the thing's wearing glasses. And, uh, <laughs> and as it gets even more clear, it turns out it, it turns out it's Elvis Presley living in a trailer park. <laughs> so and uh, it,
2: and so the, 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 the episode, uh, went episode on, is called Spotting Elvis.
5: Yeah, you're right. It was called Spotty Elvis, man, and uh, so it turns out that Elvis was living in the trailer park uh, incognito and, uh, you know, staged his own death, and my character talked him into being the king again and wanted to teach him how to be Elvis, and so we did this whole spoof. Uh, So that was the premise of that particular episode. It was a very funny show. Uh, After uh, eight or nine episodes, uh, the show was too expensive to to, uh, produce. Bob wanted to take the show on the road, and uh, CBS wanted to keep it all uh, strictly in Los Angeles. <clears throat> now, keep in mind, the well, next was still now, a if, big deal in those days. And, well, uh, if you would have went
2: to North Dakota instead of South Dakota, you'd probably still be doing that show.
5: <laughs> exactly.
2: Because you would have ran, so, uh, ran into me at the trailer park.
0: <laughs>
5: yeah, because of the whole episode about Ica. Right. Dude. So anyway, they, they, it did work out. They, 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 they scratched this show. Bob uh, moved on. He, he had this story he was working on in development called Forrest Gump, and uh, <clears throat> uh, his office called only about a month after the show was canceled. I thought they were calling to let me know that maybe HBO uh, picked it up or something. I didn't know what I was holding for. They said, please hold. It. We have Robert Zemeckis on the phone, and I, I thought it was going to be the show being picked up. I thought he was calling me with good news. And he's like, hey, Dobson, how you been? And I'm like, well, uh, I'm unemployed, man. How you been? <laughs> and uh, he
0: goes, he,
5: he said, look, that, that Johnny Bago, we, well, let's just forget that. We're, we've all moved on from it. it was a great run. But uh, I, I'm calling because I'm working on this film from a book uh, called Forrest Gump, and there's this little cameo of Elvis in, in, in it. And uh, would you be interested in doing it? And of course, being unemployed at the time, I, I said, Absolutely. So uh, they, uh, they had me come in, and, and, and even though I knew Bob well, there was a couple other people I had to go in the room and sing Hound Dog and all that, and, and then uh, that was that. And the next thing I knew, a couple of months uh, went by, and uh, they called me and said they're in production, and I flew, they flew me out to, to North Carolina, and I did that, I did that scene.
0: <clears throat>
5: um, and that's how that all came about. No one had any idea that movie was going to be big. Uh they they were it was financially troubled. Bob and Tom Hanks had to shell out a million dollars a piece of their own money because Paramount stopped financing it. They were over budget. Uh so they financed it themselves, which turned out to be one of Tom Hanks' most brilliant moves. And then uh you know, when the movie came out, the the movie turned into a bit of a phenomenon. And uh they certainly made their money back.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you and, what. Now you yeah. guys know. Now you guys know because Peter Dobson is why Forrest Gump won six Oscars. If he would not have been in that movie,
5: oh yeah, right, he wouldn't have won six <laughs> Oscars.
2: And it's true. Uh, Peter Dobson, I guess you're on eighty-nine point one Ken's FM, and uh, we got uh, thirty-eight minutes here, and. Uh, well, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to move on. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more question, and then we'll do a roundtable, and we're going to come back to me. I'm going to ask you the tougher questions, like uh, how do I uh, get in one of your movie projects. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, now, uh, there's one thing, uh, guys <laughs> and, and gals out there, I bet you did not know one other thing about Mr. Dobson. He also played a famous baseball player. He also played Joe DiMaggio. Uh, at one right. time in his career, and the movie *Norma Jean* and uh, *Maryland*, he played Joe DiMaggio. And as a matter of fact, I have that movie uh, recorded off a of TV. Uh, tell us what was it like playing Joe DiMaggio? Well,
5: that that, that was a real treat. I I I, uh, I I grew up in New Jersey, so uh, I I of course uh, through my dad, I, we all knew who Joe DiMaggio was, but. You know the way I grew up with Joe DiMaggio was uh, watching his old TV commercials called Mr. Coffee. Yeah, I don't know if I'm probably showing my age here. <laughs> so when, no, I, when I, they, what, oh, I,
2: I do have a little sideline about that. I have uh, Joe DiMaggio's most controversial baseball card, uh, where it's a cartoon picture. Not that you guys care, but uh, it's a cartoon picture baseball card of Joe DiMaggio holding a cup of coffee with a Mr. Coffee in the background, and <laughs> right. he was so. Uh disgusted with that card they they he he told them not to produce it anymore. I happen oh, to have wow. That, wow, a that card but yeah uh and uh i I think if you want to buy it uh give me a call uh I'm looking to buy a house, so we'll talk uh so go ahead uh i'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Pete. No, no that that
5: that's fine man that's that that's wild I didn't know that but that that that's how I do Joe DiMaggio. Uh, but, naturally, uh, uh, I knew who he was, uh, obviously, a Big Yankee and all of that. So, um, you know, in those days, again, going back in time, uh, I, I was really excited working with uh, uh, Nao- you know, one of the, uh, Naomi Judd, or I'm sorry, Ashley Judd, uh, who just came off the film Heat, uh, there's a story behind that one, too. But uh, I, I was really excited to work with her and, and, uh, and get to portray uh, Joe in that, in that film. I, I don't think they showed him in the best of lights. But uh, uh, regardless, it was a, a memory uh, that I'll never forget. Uh, you know, again, they, I, I didn't get in the baseball field. It was more about the Marilyn Monroe's personal relationship with Joe DiMaggio, which wasn't all roses, according to this film. So, uh, well,
2: yeah, but uh, hey, you you got to, you you've been Elvis, you've been Joe DiMaggio, and you got to stand next to someone that was like Marilyn Monroe. So that's why we envy you you here in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, and we're going to eventually talk about getting you out of here. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first yeah. off, we're going to do a little <clears throat> roundtable here. Uh, first off, I'll introduce you to uh, the modern night, Matthias. Uh, he. Uh, He liked to get a a role in your movie. He was telling me that he he wanted to apply to be your bodyguard. Uh, Matthias, what do you got for our guest? Peter Dobson, we have 33 minutes. Go ahead.
3: Well, I guess Icon uh, was kind of correct. I'm always looking to do new things. I am (laughs) 6'2", 260 pounds. I'm a professional wrestling, football-playing security guard and a beer truck driver. So I can basically help you on any kind of situation uh, that you need. So, yes, I am the modern nightmare on this show, but in uh, my other lives, I am the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, the current <laughs> APW and EWI Diamond champion, Matthias. and um, So, so I, Pete, if you're looking for a roommate, I'll give you his number. <laughs> um, wow, that,
5: that, he, 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 that, that sounds like a, a, a big guy, man. Gee, he sounds like a mountain
3: oh I, I i i i get that a lot from my opponents, especially when they're laying there looking at the stars but um <laughs> well, but yeah anyway you, i guess... man, i'm not just i'm not just a Bieber i don't need a i don't need a bodyguard a, uh,
0: <laughs> you know,
3: i was waiting uh, for that <laughs> maybe
5: maybe twenty years ago in my younger days but uh i I walk around pretty pretty much left alone these days
3: makes sense. All right, so my main question probably would be to you, and I kind of asked this to our yeah. first guest, um, so because kind of, I've been kind of busy, so I haven't really been able to do any really difficult questions, so I'll let Icon do those. Uh, what was one of your most uh, entertaining projects you've ever been a part of? I know, as uh, Icon mentioned, you were Joe DiMaggio, you've been Elvis, and all this kind of stuff. What was one of your more... Uh, fun kind of projects, not because of, like, money or anything, but, like, just because of entertainment-wise. And you
2: can't say that show, because that'd be too easy.
5: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, geez, you stole my answer, man. Um, (laughs) I I, I would say, look, I I got a lot of films that were... were, were, uh, my, My mom calls me Van Gogh, because a lot of the stuff that I've done gets discovered years later. Uh, there, there, there's two films that stand out to answer your question there. The, uh, the first one would be a, a film called sing. Uh, I did it with a very young Lorraine Bracco. Uh, it was my first big movie role. It was a musical. Uh, very, it was done by the people who did fame and, and footloose from Craig Zane and Neil Marin, same, same team. And this was the late eighties. So those big eighties musicals were still a, a big thing. And, uh, so, you know, learning how to dance and, and doing all that uh, was naturally a big thrill. I, uh, back in those days, we, we had to do screen tests. Uh, so there, there was a lot, a lot of elements to getting that role. I worked my little young ass off to, to do it with dance lessons every day and, and really had to walk into a room, which was like a movie in itself, with all the execs from Columbia there, and I had to dance in front of these people. Uh, and then do a screen test, uh, and that's where I first met Lorraine Bracco. Now she made this film right before she made Goodfellas. Goodfellas wasn't even a thought yet. She played the school teacher. and
2: uh, so you were her inspiration then.
5: He, so that movie was was an absolute blast, and uh, it's you know it's it's got a kind of a cult following now, and and I, I and the second one, which was a, a big thrill, was a movie called The Frighteners that I did with. Uh, with Peter Jackson, and, and Peter was not known in America yet. He he had his his he did a lot of smaller uh, independent horror films like Meet the Feebles and all of that, and Heavenly Creatures was was big in Europe, uh, but no one really saw it here. But there was elements of this guy's genius very early on, and again, this goes back to kind of Robert Zemeckis. I kind of got in Robert Zemeckis' wheelhouse after Forrest Gump and. He, uh Zemeckis was a huge horror fan, and, and uh, he, he had recommended to Peter Jackson that he meets this crazy Peter Dobson, a uh, guy who just played Elvis for him. <laughs> so I so, uh, w- w- wound up getting that movie. I had to go through an audition process, and, and, and I went out to New Zealand and uh, <clears throat> met a very young Peter Jackson. And you know, this guy, um, you could tell, was, was something different. He was a whirlwind. He was like a kid in a sandbox with his own studio called Wingnut Studios, where they were kind of ahead of the game of special effects. This was back in the mid-'90s. And I, I, I knew I was involved with something. I couldn't quite put my finger on this guy's genius, but I knew he was up to something. And, and uh, <clears throat> I, re- I remember one after we wrapped the, part, the, the movie, uh, Peter and his wife, Fran Walsh had a little party, and I saw all these books, Lord of the Rings books, on his – on his table there, and I said, what's up with the Lord of the Rings? And he goes, well, that's something I have in my wheelhouse. I'm going to do a movie after this called King Kong. I'm going to do a remake of King Kong. And I was like, wow, really? So very long story short, the the Frighteners came out. It had a lot of hype on it. But it was supposed to be released during Halloween. Universal got so excited about it, they decided to up the release to summer, and they put it up against a, a little film called called uh, independence day and the movie got clobbered at the box office so um the movie got discovered a couple of years later through dvds and in those days laser disc and video and and that movie generally turned into a cult classic even though that movie was a mild success um uh, peter obviously didn't do king kong next he he uh he went on to make all the Lord of the Rings movies and 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 then King Kong and all that. So, you know, between the working yeah, on so those two films was, I'm sorry,
2: I think he made some money then.
5: Yeah, he Pete, Pete Pete did okay, man. He 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 did pretty good. I mean, Christ, he, so, he, I don't know if you guys seen that Beatles thing he just did called Let It Be, which is kind of you know he found all this extra footage uh, of the Beatles. Oh and, yeah, and
2: did,
0: yeah. And did this you
2: so, know, uh, only
5: Peter? Yeah, and he and you know, buddy, when that originally came out, I've been around long enough to remember the original release of that film, and it looked like the Beatles were, you know, about to kill each other, and it was a very <laughs> depressing movie to watch. Now, when Peter discovered all the unused footage, it was like watching a Hard Day's Night. They were, la- of course, they had some problems, but most of all, it was it was like watching them in a Hard Day's Night. They, it, it was they were laughing and goofing around and. And I mean, you—he just put you right in that studio, and he did the same right. thing you know, with that thing World War One documentary.
0: Yeah. So.
2: Right. And the thing about that is, Paul McCartney is the one that kept the band going uh, during that time. Uh, that doc- that documentary was a uh, great. Now, now understand, Peter it's clearly he Kennedy, it too.
5: You know, I mean, Paul was the one who, who really kept them together. I mean, Paul was the was the at, at that point, uh, you know, pretty much responsible for, for you know, keeping them together. Keep in mind, buddy, you know, after that whole album and that document and that film they made, three weeks way, later they made their final album right after that.
2: Right. Now, uh I'll understand if you turn me down for this, but do you think maybe you can hook us up with him to have him on the show with us?
5: Who, Peter Jackson?
0: <laughs> does,
2: uh, does have no, to play at
5: uh, 7.28 p.m. New Zealand time? Remember, there are day ahead right, there, right. buddy. He would have to well, call yeah, you tomorrow I mean, uh, to get you today.
2: Right. I mean, I, w- I, would, love to have, I would love to talk about The uh, the Beatles Project and The Lord of the Rings.
5: <laughs> yeah. I haven't talked to Peter. Uh, he called me for my birthday about 12 years ago. That's the last time I heard of him.
2: Well, okay. So, uh, uh, well, well, I just not heard he... of him,
5: but heard from him.
2: <clears throat> well, see, well, I, I, that was just he... answering
5: his questions. Those, those two movies stand out as, as the funnest projects I ever worked on.
2: So basically what happened is you, Spider-Man, reloaded the rings. He made all that money so he didn't have to get loans from me anymore. I got it. Uh, <laughs> Peter Dobbs is our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM, and uh, we have about uh, 25 minutes. Uh, but uh, uh, before, we, uh, before we continue, we just need to take a quick little uh, legal break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Give us about 10 seconds.
5: You're listening to 89.1 Kent
3: FM, KNNZ FM, Holly Fargo Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com.
2: Okay, Pete, what I'm going to introduce you to now is probably one of your biggest fans. Uh, it's Granny Hulkster. And uh, oh. she loved you in Cadillac City. She loved you in Hawaii Five-O. 0 uh, she's loved you in Cold Case. Uh, she also loved you in on oh, Miami. Awesome. And then... Uh, one thing, uh, one project I'm going to talk to you about. I'm going to have you. Uh, it's uh, a little side note here. Well, uh, I'm going to have you do in your Elvis voice, I'm going to have you sing "Happy Birthday" to my father. Uh, it's oh no! I thought you were joking. No, he he, he turns eighty today, and uh. Uh, you were in one. Of, you were in his favorite uh, TV show of all time. We'll talk about that a little bit. But Granny, <laughs> okay, what okay, do we have for our guest? Peter Dobson we're on eighty nine point one Kens FM. We have got twenty four minutes. Go ahead, Granny. What do you got?
1: Well, welcome to the show. And Thank you know, you. I, w- I was a big Elvis fan. I mean, I loved Elvis, you know, back in the day. I loved his music, I loved his movies. Absolutely.
0: Who did? My
1: my question to you is what did you think I mean, obviously you probably saw the new Elvis movie that came out this year with Austin yes. Butler as Elvis. Yes. What was your they should, they should have here in What was your per- impersonation of that movie and the job that he did as Elvis. And well, what was your impersonation of Tom Hanks playing the part of uh, Colonel Tom Parker?
5: Well, for, for first, I, 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 there was rumblings. I started getting a lot of memes earlier on in the summer because they found it pretty ironic that little Forrest Gump suddenly became Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So all these memes started going around, but i, I, I tell you, I, I, I was aware of the film. I, I, I First of all, I wished I was 27 years old again, so I could have got the chance to have done it, but, but I remember hearing rumblings that they were looking for actors, and I, I started hearing who they were looking at. And uh, I had seen Austin Butler in Tarantino's movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I thought that kid was a real standout in that movie. I remember seeing it with a buddy. And I, <clears throat> I said, when he came on, he played, uh, I, he, play, he played Tex in the movie. And I said to my buddy, I said, this kid's got something. I think this kid's going to be a star. I just got a feeling. And that's all I, that's, I made. And, of course, uh, you know, a year and a half, two years go by. And they announced that uh, Austin Butler landed the role of Elvis. And out of all the young actors, I think Austin is a, a tremendous actor. And I, I thought they made the right choice. Uh, and I know a lot of people love the movie, a lot of people and i 'm one of the other people that I, I I thought he did a really great job. Um, I, I was a little confused with all the montages in the beginning I, 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 you know call me old fashioned i didn 't get the rap music instead of all the 50s music they could have used in the beginning of the, of the film mm-hmm. that 's just me um, yeah I, I, so I thought austin when, when they slowed down the movie and by the time they got to the 68 comeback special i thought austin nailed it uh and and and, and, and in the vegas years in 1970 Mm -hmm. when they let the film breathe without all the montages so Mm -hmm. you know it it was a slow burn for me of confusion in in, in the first hour because i couldn't keep up with the movie because there was just so many damn montages but mm-hmm. I, I that's bos lerman's style and i get that and that's also the film was made for a younger generation uh that's why i guess they put the rap music in it which is fine but ultimately i thought the kid austin butler uh did an amazing job and uh um uh, he did he uh he, i i mean he crushed it and uh certainly it was <clears throat> great to see a whole new generation of people um you know Discover it and and see the film. I I think the kid will probably get nominated for it.
1: Yeah, I absolutely loved it I told my husband I said I could go back and watch it to watch it again because I really loved it and I just the whole thing was just absolutely amazing and Yeah, I guess and I should I knew I knew I should have taken tissues especially when he was singing Unchained Melody yeah, either, cause that's well, one yeah of, that, that, that that That's like one of my favorite songs anyways, and I love her uh-huh. Melody." melody. Well, I'm I about to that. shock
5: you. I, I still think the best Elvis movie ever made about Elvis
2: Protecting the Kings.
5: Is, is, is Kurt Russell from mm-hmm. 1979. There was a TV yeah. movie. It was a two-parter. Yeah. Kurt Russell yeah. had played Elvis Presley. That was a real traditional I remember story. that. If you remember, they really told the story yeah. of Elvis going into yeah. Sun Records and, you know, coming mm-hmm. apart, you know, coming along That's All Right Mama by accident be- out of mm-hmm. nerves because the, the music they were singing really wasn't working for Sam Phillips, which is all a true mm-hmm. story, and it's known as the Big Bang of Rock and Roll. And, of course, Sam yep. Phillips, when he heard him sing That's All Right Mama, he goes, what are you guys doing? He's like, oh, we're just fooling around. We're, we're, we're just getting around, man. And, 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 uh, and, and Phillips said, no, no, no. That's kind of what we're looking for here. Let's, let's lay that down. And I was hoping to see that part in the new Elvis movie, which they Mm
0: -hmm. raised
5: over very quickly. And I was like, damn, I wish they had shown that whole kind of creation in the movie. Mm -hmm. But, um, again, in terms of Austin Butler playing him, yeah, he was great. Everybody seems to love the movie, and for good reason. Uh, uh, But I I thought just... Just being a little bit of a critic, I, I, I think Kurt Russell still does him best. That, that's that's me. Oh yeah. That, that's oh, my yeah. Opinion.
1: Well, you're right. You're right. I mean, I remember that when Kurt Russell played him, and you're you're right. I mean, that was an amazing movie as well. So
0: yeah,
5: long time ago. So, but you know, look, uh, this movie was designed for a whole new generation, and and uh, you know, Baz Lerman certainly uh, pulled that off. I mean, they put a lot of press in it. And uh, you know the, the trail. I remember seeing the trailer for the first time. I was like, "Wow, this thing looks amazing." And uh, and it pretty much was, man. Like I said, that movie for me came to life when they slowed the pace down without all the montages and just concentrated on the music and the singing. And uh, when they got uh, Austin Butler in that leather outfit in, in the '68 comeback special, I was like, "Now they got it! Now they got it!" Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was good.
2: It was good. It was. Yeah. Uh Peter Dobson, I guess, here on eighty nine point one Kansas FM. We got uh, eighteen minutes left here left with uh Pete. What uh, fly. Well yeah, I know, and uh, like a uh like a tow, guess, fun, but, yeah, I guess we- I well, yeah, I wish it was 18 more years. I mean, there's so many things that I still want to cover, but uh, we do get all, all our information here on the show from uh, IMDB.com, so if any of this information that we talk about is inaccurate. Uh, but first off, now, you can still do uh, your your Elvis voice, right?
5: Uh, sometimes i got to dust it off, man. This is my biggest record. Well, it, it, it ain't no bigger than wrestling, but you sold a few more my biggest record. Well, what,
2: <laughs> what I want you to do, if you would, I'll understand if you turn me down. Like I said, my 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 dad turns eighty years old today, and I'd like you to sing Happy, happy birthday, birthday to in your father. Place. Oh,
5: that's great! Right. Happy Birthday to your dad, it, it, Icon. Hey, his, yeah, isn't your dad James a vet
2: too, Icon? Yes, he, yes, uh, he is. Thank you for he, your he service. Served he Mr. served his country. country during Vietnam and uh, wow. during the uh, Gulf War. Uh, God bless but your what dad, like man. What I would like to do is have you sing happy birthday to Homer and that's my dad uh because uh, yeah you starred in one of his uh favorite shows The Adventures of Briscoe county jr
5: well <laughs> you're bringing boy you're bringing up some abstract stuff man yes All right, I did. so i
2: I'll, I'll do I'll do a countdown for you from five and I'll have you do the happy birthday and then uh What's his name? uh Homer. my dad is with. List- Homer, that's his nickname. His real name is uh, Jerry, but uh,
0: okay. right, uh, happy
2: birthday to Homer. Oh. is great, and I know he's listening right now. So I'll uh. give you a countdown, then we'll do that, then we'll come back to you. I'm going to ask you the more difficult questions. So here we go. Ready? Five, right. four, three, two, one.
5: Well, I, I just want to say uh, to Homer out there, uh, I, I got a little song for you. I, I heard through your amazing son that you're, you're turning the big 8-0 today. Uh, I just want to say... A happy birthday, Homer! A happy birthday! A happy birthday, Homer! A happy birthday! <laughs> Come on, buddy, you put me on the spot. I just want to say, happy birthday, Homer! Thank you for your service. All right, God bless America, man.
2: All right, he 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 he. I know he's well. Hold on, he's texting me right now. He's saying. I'm not, I can't read that. Okay, anyway, uh, Peter Dobson's our guest here. Well, maybe You're i was want to the there there's, Yeah, there's a few other things I want to talk to you about. Uh, first yes, off, yes. Uh, you, you also made a, a cameo appearance in one of my all-time favorite movies. Of course, every movie that you've been in is my favorite. But uh, you were in La Bamba. You made a cameo appearance in that.
5: That was the first time I ever stepped on camera. That was by accident. Uh, yeah, there was a... Uh, Back in the days when I used to do extra work, that's that's what we did when we came out here. <clears throat> Aside from auditioning, you did, did a lot of extra work, and uh, uh, the director, um, God bless his soul, and uh, boy, uh, boy, um, um, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Big director, Jesus, you got, you got the MBB. uh Taylor Hackford, for God's sakes, I believe directed LeBarb. Right, but. right uh they 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 they, I, they spotted me out and said hey man would you uh like to jump out there and, and grab a pizza box from Lou Diamond Phillips and and just kind of run ahead of the crowd and, and grab it <laughs> so you know i think i was like 18 or something so i said oh, okay mister actor whatever you want and uh that, and that's uh, the, did
2: you get to uh did you get to be on stage with Lou Diamond Phillips because of that role too so, oh yeah
5: so so that was my first the first time i ever stepped on camera it's a little silent but if you ever watch the movie when Richie Valens delivers pizza to the house, the first kid out there to grab that pizza was, was me. And a couple of years later, the movie I mentioned earlier was called Sing, and I was uh, promoting it on MTV when MTV used to play music,
0: <clears throat>
5: and I hosted it with Lou Diamond Phillips. And the first thing out of Lou Diamond Phillips' mouth was, he goes, hey, didn't you work on La Bamba? <laughs> and I said, you remember me? <laughs> he goes, hell yeah, man. He goes, geez, You come a long way, and 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 uh, we 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 uh, we made friends for some years after that. And I mean, oh, d- uh, look, look, look! We're talking about rock and roll movies. I think La is still the top five of all time, no doubt about it.
0: Well,
2: uh, well, let's do this real quick. What would you say would be your top five? If I'm not putting well, you well, uh, uh,
5: uh, rock and roll films about artists. I, I, I would say La Bamba. Uh, um, Oh boy, uh, the Buddy Holly story with uh, Gary Busey. With, with Gary Busey, showing my age on that one. Uh, there's a uh, boy, man, rock and roll movies. Well, I'm going to throw Kurt Russell. How in about Arizona. American Hot Wax? I hate to destroy. Well, movies about rock and well movies about rock and roll. About rock and roll I'm going to. I'll tell you. I'm going to do one better than American Hot Wax. I'm going to go to American Graffiti. I'm a big fan That's of good. that film. Uh, George Lucas's film, which was basically, you know, uh, every 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 scene in that movie had a had a classic song uh, to it, like it was coming out of a radio. I love the way he did that. In fact, that movie inspired me to a film that we're going to be shooting. A quick plug that we're shooting uh, in, in the spring of 2023, uh, called Asbury Park, New Jersey. It's not about Bruce Springsteen; mentions him a few times, but back in those days in the early 70s, the, the very reason. Bruce Springsteen went to Asbury Park. Obviously, there was a music scene there. And his whole, his whole fascination with hot rods and cars is because Asbury Park in those days had a thing called the circuit. And every weekend, every muscle car up and, north, uh, up and down the northern southern uh, Jersey seaboard would come and test out their hot rods, and they would bet. And my dad used to take me as, as a kid, and we'd watch. Police would turn a blind eye. And it was like an East Coast American graffiti. And of course, with all the rock and roll music clubs everywhere, uh, there was an amusement park that was on the boardwalk, so it was this very magical place. And uh, that's what this film is about. It's a little bit of a tip of the hat to the outsiders uh, and and American graffiti. It's a coming-of-age story, and uh, it took us years to get this thing off the ground, but we're finally going to be doing it in the spring. And I, this, that's going to be my uh, directorial, directorial. I've directed a lot of short films, but this will be my first uh, full-length
2: feature. And, uh, you know, if you uh, if you do need an extra in that movie, a guy with perfect hair and a big ego, <laughs>
0: uh,
2: you do have my number. And like I say, I want to come out there. All you got to do is give me some hot dogs, a place to sleep, and I'll carry your bags, or go, I'll go get your cappuccino.
0: Carry
2: my bags. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll do anything uh, just like so I and can got part it, of it dude, and and then...
0: Well,
5: I'll tell you, but when the time comes, just come on down. Ironically, we're going to be shooting most of the movie in Virginia Beach, not New Jersey, because uh, we get a bigger tax break down there. But I found a <laughs> park in Virginia Beach that actually, that actually looks more like Asbury Park uh, than Asbury Park looks now, because a lot of the stuff has been knocked down and, and rebuilt. So uh, Virginia Beach, there's a very old section of Virginia Beach, uh, that's very reminiscent of the original Asbury Park, and that's why uh, we decided to shoot it there
2: instead. And, and, uh, and yes, uh, you, you, for those... you come
5: on down. I'll throw you on a chopper, and I'll make you look like Marlon Brando from The Wild One. How's that?
2: Sounds good, man. And then, uh, I, then uh, we'll then uh, the city of Fargo will embrace you. Uh, will <laughs> you can premiere the movie here at the Fargo Theater? And well, uh, I'll, we'll I'll get, get you, a key uh... to the
5: city, Uh If I put you in the film, I'll, I'll get a key to the city.
2: And you also get a you also get a good uh suite at uh Woodspring Suites of Fargo, one of our well, great well, uh sponsors. Well now, uh r- real quick here so we can do this and okay. so don't forget, I mean we got we are we got Peter Dobson here, we got ten minutes here on eighty nine point one kids yes, FM. Yes. Uh so if our fans want to check you out and see if you got a Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got?
5: Oh well I I'm not well listen, buddy, I'm not fifteen. Uh, I'm not on TikTok. Uh I I barely Go on Instagram. I I do have a Facebook page. Uh, In fact, I promoted you this morning on on my Facebook page, uh, the radio show. I saw that. Uh, So that that came up last minute. I'm like, hey, man, I I, I think I should promote this thing. Uh, uh, But I'm not a huge social media guy. Um, I'm just not. Uh, I do like to post pictures occasionally on on Facebook and all that, but uh, uh, it pretty much begins and ends there. I, I I don't need twelve likes to begin my day. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I,
2: I uh, you know I, I I guess we're we're different in that aspect. I guess. Uh, oh, they like, you
5: know, different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? I mean, look, in, in this day and age, everybody thinks they're a movie star. They 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 can pick their nose and 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 throw darts at a board, and they could get fifteen million likes, and they're, they're a star for a day. Some of these kids I heard are even making money when they get uh, for doing goofy stuff. Some of these kids are even, from what I understand, getting agents. I mean, the business has changed quite a bit. But when it comes to filmmaking, buddy, um, there, there's still a there's still a world out there. A lot of craziness in this world, um, but it's good to see some movies coming back. Like uh, I think we talked about in our pre-interview about a week ago. Uh, I was a huge fan of that of the of the film Top Gun. It was great to see a film come out that had no political messages. It was just pure Americana. Tom Cruise reprising his role, and, man, did I love that movie. It's made over billion no. a billion dollars now, and for good no, reason. And the,
2: the thing is, you know right. how Lou Diamond Phillips asked you, uh, weren't you in La Barba? Now people are going to uh, come up and ask you, hey, weren't you on Attitude Air Live with the icon?
0: <laughs> man, <laughs> yes, you must yes.
5: uh, Oh, man, they're, yeah, they're that, like, that's uh, great. Yeah, weren't you on Icon? buddy. <laughs> Peter Dobson. Yeah. Were you and on then, Icon? And uh, I
3: go,
2: yeah, I was on that. And and then uh when you tell when you tell a lot of people uh uh that you're on the show with the icon, you might hear something like this. Oh
3: my god, who
2: the hell cares? <laughs> thanks, thanks, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> was that uh, Peter Richard? Dobson, I guess here Yeah, uh Peter Dobson I guess here we got about uh five minutes, uh six uh seven whatever. We got we got a little time. Uh, what, you've Go uh, you got, a, you got a current project uh, that you, uh, I guess you just finished up called Three Days in uh, Malay, is that correct?
5: Yes, yeah, Three you Days. Uh, uh, yeah, I just played uh, a movie with a, a great director uh, uh, and a friend of mine named Lewis Mandler. Uh, I was in uh, Indonesia. I was in Bangkok, actually, out in the outskirts. And it's about the first three days of Guadalcanal, World War II picture. Uh, that was wonderfully written and directed by uh, Lewis Mandler. And uh, yeah, it quite, a, quite, uh, quite an experience, to say the least.
2: Are, are you able to uh, give us a preview on when it might be released? or? Uh, well, I'm, well uh, Lewis just
5: got back in town uh, yesterday. I'm actually going to be seeing him this week, and we're going to be looking at can some you hook of the us Israelis. Up with him? I'm sorry?
2: Can you hook us up with him?
5: Oh, can I hook you up with Louis? I could probably have Lewis. Yeah. Uh, I could probably, yeah, you know what, buddy? I think I could probably make that happen. Now, if you know who Louis <clears throat> Mandler is, a uh, wonderfully talented guy, he's a good friend of ours, there's an, another, my producing partner named Mark Klebinoff and Lewis have, have been making films on our own for, for some time, uh, but Saban Entertainment, let let Louis roll with this film, as as wonderful and a brilliant actor as he is, I think Louis Mandler might be the next, the next Sam Peckinpah, we made something that was very old school, it was, we shot a lot of it practical, which means not much special effects, we did it for real, uh, and uh i i i was amazed on on how uh, on it he was as a director uh it's called 3 you days know, probably comes out uh, sometime in 2023 i'm not sure about the dates yet and and i'll yeah, tell you who's surprisingly I, I, good in this movie is a ufc fighter named cowboy cowboy marone is also in it and he's and he's he's fabulous in it man he's he, he's great
2: you know cuz i i definitely i definitely uh i you know i definitely uh
3: and rampage. He's uh, in it too. Yeah, Sorry.
2: Yeah, I definitely heard of Lewis Mandler. I mean, he—I I believe he was in every uh, inception of CSI, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, he was. Uh, he, he was and, yeah.
5: Uh, that, that's kind of an actor's—that's that, kind of an actor's guidebook to do all the CSI, CSI Miami, CSI New York, CSI New Orleans. Those things keep you employed for a little bit.
0: Or he's currently in a film called
5: The Offer, and he plays Mickey Cohen. Uh, in the movie that's playing on Paramount Television right now, and he's 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 superb in it. In fact, I talked to Louis earlier today on the phone, tell him how to, what a great job he did. I just watched his film last week for the first time, and uh, he just wrapping up the um, my big fat Greek wedding. He just did the third installment uh, out there in Greece, uh, and now he's in now he's uh, in editing with the film that we just did called Three Days.
2: Uh Peter Dobson's I guess here. We have uh, we got about uh, four minutes. Yeah, I mean uh
5: yes,
2: you know, the the best things you can do for your career is either be in every single uh version of C S I or be in a movie with uh Kevin Bacon. Uh you know that ten <laughs> right. degrees of Kevin Bacon.
5: Yeah,
3: uh you yes.
2: haven't been in a movie with Kevin Bacon, have you?
5: No, but there, you, know, you know that game. Everybody know. like I told you, at the top end of this interview, the very first movie I did starring role, was a film called Sing, and it was written and produced by the same people who did Footloose. That was well, their there film. Well, there you go. So right to Kevin Bacon. Yeah. So that, yeah. That's there my go.
2: association
5: with Kevin Bacon.
2: And uh, for our fans that are listening, you know, if you uh, you go to eighty nine point uh, one Ken's F M Page like that, go to Attitude Air Live Monday live Monday like that. Do a ten dollar month Power of the Tower, we'll get you qualified to win an autograph picture from a past guest, current guest, and future guest. And uh, Pete has uh, been uh, nice enough to send us those, and I do appreciate that, Pete. And uh, way, uh, most buddy. importantly, most importantly, I uh, you know we we don't hang up yet. We got because you'll probably never let me call you again, but. Uh, we uh, we got about uh, three minutes here, <laughs> but true. most importantly, Pete, I, I do want yeah. to thank you yeah, most uh, importantly for being a friend, buddy, because you are awesome and you are great.
5: We are pals, I, I buddy. Can... Buddy, we're pals. We're go. pals for life now, and, and I can't wait to come out to to North Dakota. I, like I told you a couple of weeks ago, when we talked on the phone, I've been to South Dakota, uh, but uh, uh, but I've never been to North Dakota, uh, and I, that'll be next.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, if you, you come out here I'll make sure that uh your uh your hotel accommodations are taken care of. You won't have to worry about that. We'll definitely get that. Well in uh, that taken case I'll of. be out there
5: tomorrow night. I'll <laughs> let you say something. There,
2: there uh and uh well,
5: thank you, but I appreciate uh, that.
2: Well, and uh, Pete Dobson, is our guest here. We've got about uh, two minutes here. And uh, real quick here, Pete, uh, yes. you know, we yes. talked about uh, your current project. Uh, is there any other project that you're working on or going to be working on that you uh, want to well, talk between us about? Asbury Park, uh, uh, between Asbury
5: Park, we're, we're going to be prepping for uh, Asbury Park uh, uh, in, in a couple of months. So uh, I'm looking forward to jumping into that movie uh, very much. Um, I, I put my whole life into it, man. And it's going to be fun to step behind the camera. I, I get a great, a great, uh, great satisfaction uh, directing, which I've been doing now for a good eight, eight or nine years. Uh, I've got a short film that's currently touring the country called White Mule. That's a tip of the hat to, to Smokey and the Bandit. You can go to White Mule Facebook page and watch the short film. Uh, like I said, it's kind of a cross between Smokey and the Bandit and The Twilight Zone. It's a v- very fun movie to watch. A lot of good music in it, too.
2: And uh, you have a, uh, real quick here, you have a production company, too. What is the name of that?
5: It's called Thunder Alley Productions. I, I wanted and, to uh, use Thunder Road based on, not based on the Springsteen song, but based on the Robert Mitchum movie, which I love, called Thunder Road. Uh, but that was already taken, so I, I, I when I, I had to have a production company to start pumping out these short musical films that I've been doing, and uh someone said, "Well, what about Thunder Alley?" I said, "What about it, man?" I said, "That's a great title. I never thought of that one. Thunder Alley." I just cause one thing we don't get in LA is much rain. So, uh, I went with Thunder Alley and uh it's it just stuck ever since. And uh we're pumping and, out uh, some, like, some really cool stuff. And uh,
2: and I and I am I I am true to my word, Pete. Like I say, I will come out and work, you know, you put your heart and soul in this project, I'll come out work yeah. for free and when the when the uh <laughs> When the uh, film uh, overtakes uh, Titanic, uh, which it will in the uh, box office uh mounts, uh, yeah. then you can pay okay. me. Uh, I-, I love you, Pete. You're awesome. Thank, Thank you for you. taking time out of your schedule tonight. And, uh, hey, my pleasure, man. And, hey, uh, and, and happy birthday well, to your
5: dad again, man. I'm sorry I screwed up that song, man. But, but uh, next time, man, I, I, here's to 80 more for your dad. Uh, your dad's awesome.
2: God Thanks, bless. Thanks, bud. We love you. Take care. Yep.
5: Okay, brother. You too, man. Bye-bye. All
2: right. All right. Peter Dobson, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, uh, that was a great interview. Uh, and I, I think I might finally get a, a starting movie girl, or maybe not. Uh, we're going to go to our guests here after we hear uh, these messages from our sponsor. Uh, give us about uh, 30 seconds, and we will be back right after we hear these messages.
3: As you know, 89.1 KENS FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor KENS FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at KensFM.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 KENS FM.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the moment you've all been waiting for. She is here tonight, finally. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, it's going to be a scream, baby. She is Marie Lauren.
6: <laughs> hey, this is Murray Lauren and you're listening to the Attitude Era of Monday Live Monday on eighty nine point one Kent FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Oxter, and the Mother Nightmare Matthias. Hey, and you guys <laughs> hey. notice
2: she you guys noticed she brought her beautiful accent with her today too. Did you guys catch that? That's
0: right. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. the accent.
2: All right, we're at... Uh, we have Marie Warren with us. We have uh, thirty-eight minutes here with uh, Laura, give or take, uh, depending on if uh, she hangs up on us or not. But we'll go with it. Uh, first okay. off, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, uh, then we'll uh, have fun with the interview. Go ahead.
6: Okay. Well, I, I'm from, as you can tell, I'm French native from Quebec City, and uh, I, I a long time ago I went to school to USC, studied theater and sociology went back to canada for one year won a beauty pageant because i thought this in those days that was kind of the way to get in the business and i came back here and a year later and start working as an actress and my first job was three company i was literally fresh of the plane i was in town for about a month and a half and uh I guest star on an episode, and I was signed by ABC to become a regular on the show. Unfortunately, uh, it was the last show that Susan Summer did, and they canceled my option. They went looking for, you know, a hot blonde with big boobs, and I was a brunette with short hair and no boobs. So <laughs> that was my <laughs> introduction to show business, But and now, I went you know, on to do more. Go ahead. Uh,
2: uh, Marie Lauren's our guest here, and uh, we ha- we're on eighty nine point one Kenseth FM, and we got uh, thirty eight minutes now. See, here's the thing, guys. Uh, she's been- she was on Three's Company. Uh, I remember uh, she she played Denise in Upstairs, Downstairs, Upstairs. Uh She was mm-hmm. also in the Love Boat. She was in Heart to Heart. She was in Matt mm-hmm. Houston. Uh, she was in uh, The Lonely Guy. She was in the Hitchhiker. She oh, this is one uh, show I want to talk to you about. Uh, you were okay. in cover up. You you made an appearance in the yes. uh, team show cover up. Was that when uh, before, or after John Eric Hexum's accident?
6: After John Eric, and unfortunately John Eric was. We were in the same acting class under this amazing acting teacher named Peggy Fury, and um, he died when yeah I was studying with him, and when he got hurt, that he had to kill killed himself accidentally on the set, and a couple of months later I guess star on um on the on
2: cover up yeah and uh i i if 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 we can uh uh after we do the roundtable i want to ask you a few questions about uh you know being in uh uh being in uh class with john eric Hexman because uh back when i was growing up uh he was in a tv show called voyagers and uh he was a hero of mine back when i was a kid so i want to talk to you about him in a little bit but uh sure. we have yeah, we have uh, Marie Lauren as our guest here, and uh, we're on 89.1 Kent FML. Uh, you're known as a Scream Queen. Uh, so tell us, what did it take for you to get that moniker as a Scream Queen?
6: I have no idea. I mean, I did a couple, you know, they had Shiker. I don't know if your audience is familiar with that, but it was an anthology. It was yep. one of the first, yeah. It was basically lighted by a zone with, with TNA. And so I was very fortunate to play opposite Steve Rale's back. And he was on, you know, I'm sure you know who he is. Uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award uh, for The Stuntman. And he played Charles Manson in Elton Skelter. And Steve is a brilliant actor, just a wonderful, sweetest soul. And it was one of my favorite acting job ever because I got to play him turning into me. The twist at the end is that, he turns into me, so they use me to turn into him. This, I crazy. I remember that episode. I, I I
2: want to talk to you a little bit about that episode. Uh, you played Pearl in that episode, and uh, let's see, I was uh, I was seven when that show came out, and of course that oh, show of course up. was not for kids. Not, no, no, well no well don't don't take this the wrong way, but here's the deal. I was I was seven no. years old. And uh, that show was not for kids. And here's the deal. I no. would sneak up when my parents would go to sleep. I know exactly what time it was on HBO. I would sneak up, turn the TV on, turn the volume down real low. And I remember that was the first episode I ever saw. And it was called Penny's Leaves. And oh, uh, my I remember what? you. I remember that you turned into your husband. I remember that. And I'm what? like, what is this? And now that you mentioned that, I was. I was trying to figure out why The Hitchhiker has not been put on DVD.
6: I think it has. I think it has. Has it? Been. There's a whole collection out there. Yes. And my episode is one I'm of gonna them. I'm going to look at mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't want to steal everybody else's thunder here. So uh, we're going to do a roundtable, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to ask you a few questions about John Eric. Uh, this is about you. This uh, interview is about you. But I do want to ask you a few things about uh, John Eric yeah, and some any other things.
6: There's question you want
2: to ask me, I'm, all, I'm totally cool. <clears throat> uh, now, Matthias, I know that uh, you like. Uh, you have a, a passion for scream queens. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, a lot of. Uh, Queens are screaming at you when you're in the ring, but what do you have for our guest? Marie Lauren, we're on 89one FM, and we got 33 minutes. Go
3: ahead. Well, Icon, I will say you're definitely not wrong there. The second I enter the ring, uh, mouths do definitely drop, and screams tend to happen when I'm beating up my opponent in the ring. But, uh, yes, you're talking to the man from every woman's dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, Matthias here. Welcome to the show. Um, I do apologize. I really can't think of a... Very, very detailed question this week. I, I've just been so busy. But uh, since, as Icon was saying, you've been in a lot of projects and stuff like that. But one thing for intriguing for me, honestly, was Three's Company. But uh, for you personally, when was the uh, the moment in time? Like, I know, I don't, what was the one point in time that you knew that you made it? Like, you were at your top spot. You were the happiest. One of your favorite projects, that kind of thing,
2: and you can't say being on this show because that'd be too easy.
6: <laughs> well, I've never <laughs> been on the on my top, you know. I mean, I was very, very fortunate to make a living out of acting for ten years, which is m- more than most people can. You know, I mean, it's it's a very brutal business, and my accent was always a huge impediment. Uh, and I got had cast in those days, you know, as a the the French maid, the mistress. I think my last job was actually with Bert, opposite Bert Renault, which was a wonderful, wonderful experience before I retired for a long time. But it was uh, I thought this is it because it was my last job. I didn't know it was my last job, but I did not audition for it. <coughs> the producers saw me on a hitchhiker. called my agent. My agent called me and they said pack your bag, they want you to get star in a TV movie with Burt Reynolds. You're going to Palm, Palm Beach for one month. I'm thinking, oh my freaking God, they put me in the, uh, amazing five-star hotel with a huge suite. They literally dressed me in Chanel suits to play a princess-terrorist. So hmm. I was packing a gun under my Chanel suit. Now, the, the oh, interesting, the reason why I loved it so much, because I'm a club. I have absolutely no skills as an athlete. And I was always the last kid to be picked up on the basketball team in school. It was totally traumatic for me. So the director of the show, now I'm having a brain fart, he's a famous stunt director who did all the old Burt Reynolds Smokey and the Bandit movies. Al, Al something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Famous stuntman director. Anyway, he... Asked me if I if I wanted to do my stunt and well, I, I, no I have no idea I can't even walk in a straight line said well you're built like a dancer let me let me test you and he taught me how to to take punches he put, he had a cowboy hat on he said put the hat on practice getting rid of the hat with not in your head that's how you take a punch and then they, they showed me how to fall down they pat me up I. Got a few, I got punched by Bert, and I thought, this is the coolest thing. And, you know, I just loved it because this is a kid that was dual cluts. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I was in a very um, abusive uh, marriage, so I had to walk away with my daughter and seek a steady income. So I quit acting. Mm-hmm. That was my last job, and I quit acting at the age of 32 to become a uh, working mental health at Christ's okay. Intervention Council with abused children. I thought it would be temporary. It lasts, what, 20-something years? And then when my parents died within me year of each other five years ago, I thought, my goodness, life is so freaking short. So I got up the plan and said, screw it, I'm going back to acting. And I've been back to acting ever since at my old age, and I love it. And we
2: do appreciate the PG language. Thank you for that. Uh we have oh, wait, uh, it, Marie is it, Lauren. I'm
6: sorry is it, is, it, is, it a, is it a sensor? I don't know I've ever done is it? Well no no that's that's okay, fine. You, you, right. you, you,
2: you haven't said you haven't said anything uh you haven't said anything wrong. So you've been keeping I'll it be great. Careful, so I'll be careful. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh we have Marie we have, we have Marie Lauren as our guest here and we have uh uh 189.1 KHz FM celebrating our year anniversary here. We got about the 29 minutes. Uh now Granny I know that uh, you are a big fan of Three's Company and Love Boats and Heart to Heart. Because so. oh. she
3: was old enough that when it debuted, it was like, you know, one of our favorite shows.
2: Yeah, back when we only had three channels. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I I did watch show-shows, and, and one show that Icon mentioned that really caught my attention was when he said Matt Houston. I love yeah, that show, Lee Horsley. Yeah, she was. Uh, was one of the, she was in uh, I mean, Target Miss
2: World. Uh, the episode was called mm-hmm. Target Miss World from 1983. Mm-hmm. I, I remember yep. seeing that as well. I love Matt Houston.
1: I loved Matt Houston, and then later on, Lee Horsley got into another role uh, where he was Ethan Cord Paradise, where he was a gunfighter, a gun, you know, a gunfighter like a western, and but. I was a big fan. So, what was it like to to get to work with, you know, Lee Horsley? Because, like I said, Matt Houston, I loved that show. That was one of my favorite shows back in the day.
6: You know, I hate to disappoint you, but I barely remember it, remember it because it was not the other shows were like uh, like Twist Company. Lavo was a guest starring part, mm-hmm. so I was there mm-hmm. every day and worked with the stars. Well, on that one, I played beauty pageant contestant. So it, it was, you know, what I mean, it was really not much in terms of acting. Were, there was really not much yeah. involved. Well,
2: you, you so should have I, won the contest because you were the most beautiful one in that lineup.
6: <laughs> Thank you. I don't even, I don't even think I ever saw the thing on TV. To be honest with you, um, I mean, he was a love. I remember he was. He was a lovely man. I've never worked with people I, I dislike. I, I've been very, very blessed. My career. To work with. I don't have horror stories to share. Everyone I work with was just wonderful. Yeah, so knock on wood. So uh,
2: we're not part of one of your horror stories then so far? Hello? I'm
3: going to take that as a yes.
2: I'll take that as a yes. Well, what I I asked uh, 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 Marie is so we're not part of your horror
3: stories yet? You're not work part with.
6: of my... I'm sorry. I, no, no, you're not. I, you, you, I think you guys are great. I get really good vibes from you guys. Yes. <laughs> also,
3: awesome.
6: you're breaking. Now, I live by the mountains, so. Now, there's a... There's a uh,
2: and I'm going to uh, ask you a few things about John Eric, too, because, like I say, he was... Uh, uh, Voyagers was one of my favorite TV shows as a kid, and, uh, you know, I'm led to believe that if that would have went on for a second season, he never would have had his accident. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, you know, you're on Three's Company. You get to work with another one of my heroes, uh, John Ritter. And uh, oh, I'm going to so give you guys a quick little sidebar here. Uh, I'll never forget uh, the day that I found out that John Ritter passed. Uh, uh, I was working for uh, another local radio station, and I was recording the news. And the first story that came on, uh, sad, day out of, uh, sad news out of Nashville, uh Johnny Cash just passed away, and I'm like, oh, that's terrible. And then uh, they talked about a little bit about Johnny Cash, and then they go, shocking news out of Hollywood: uh, John Ritter uh, passed away uh, this morning uh, on the set of uh, uh, Eight Simple Rules. And I'm like, oh, no! You know that was September 11, 2003. And the sad thing about that is on September eleventh that's his daughter's birthday. And he passed away on his daughter's birthday, his his youngest daughter, oh, and uh, and I uh, now I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but I'm just going to tell the story real quick here. Uh, when he when he passed, uh, and after his daughter's birthday, she she was in uh, the room with her mom, Amy Aspect. and uh, Amy said that her daughter looked up in the sky and said, "Drop him," and she was telling uh the good Lord above to drop her father and uh I don't want to get emotional here but uh oh. that uh when I first heard that I that just wow. kinda that really cut me, you know. Most people think I made a tooth and nails, but I, I can get pretty emotional myself. But uh we'll we'll go back That's on to happier stuff but man. I'm just kinda curious, what was it like working with John Ritter and Joyce DeWitt? He, he, now he, he I believe he was uh, not was uh, uh, um, Don Natsa on the show at that point?
6: Yes. If yes. I, if I was, I,
2: didn't this, you guys have, like, a strip poker game or something in that game in that
0: episode?
6: The, well, this the, is what is the way I it happened. It, 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 I was supposed to, my manager called me and said he wanted a French girl to guest on the show, so I went and audition. and it went well, and they called me back and called me back, and my manager said, that's weird, You get so many call back for guest star. And next thing I know... I go to the A B C Tower in Century City and there's a lecture in the movie a huge table with all of those people around the table. And I found out that they liked my edition so much they wanted to write me in as a regular character. I was supposed to work with Joyce the Witt in the flower shop. And I did my audition, and they say after that, you're in. You're a regular you be a regular in three company, you signed the contract, New your contract. I was like my teacher couldn't believe it. I was literally I never had acted before in my life, except for in college. It was unbelievable. So I get on the set, and it was wonderful because it's like a play. You rehearse, you do table reading every day. They, have a, they work with a team of writers. We read to the script. They do adjustments. They give you new lines every day. They make changes. You rehearse every day, and the last day, you do the 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 you do the, the, the show in from a live audience. And the interesting trivia about that was they were about to have a writer strike, and they were so scared about that that we shot the entire show in one take, and that was never, ever done before in the history of Three's Company. And John, everybody was unbelievable to work with. I remember John walking in. I was in the wardrobe department walking in, and he gave me a hug, said, and he whispered in my ear, I heard you're going to be a permanent part of the Three's Company family. Welcome on board. And he gave me... I was, I was scared... I was so scared because I had no idea what the three-camera thing was. I knew nothing. And they, they just t- took me on under their wing. The only one I had no rapport with was Susan Summer. I
2: can believe that. She's the one that wrecked she the never, show. She never, never talked to opinion. me.
6: She never acknowledged me, and she, that was the last show she did. I didn't know what was going on. I was wondering, well, that's weird, but she, that was the last episode she did. Uh, and, and then they went into panic. They didn't want to chance this girl from Quebec who had never acted before, who didn't have that kind of look, so they were looking for somebody to replace her, and they dumped my contract. But because of Three's Company, they were trying to build me up in the meantime, so they contacted Aaron Spelling, and they offered me a party-crazy character in Love both for me to build me up for the American audience to get used to me, you see? That's why I got on the love board right after that. Just because it's
2: because of sweets company. And uh you know the interesting thing, I, I remember that episode, uh uh it aired on October twenty eighth, nineteen eighty. And uh wow. the uh it was called Upstairs, Downstairs, Upstairs and yes. uh the whole yep. the whole plot of the movie was uh Jack uh John Ritter's character was supposed to attend three different occasions in three different apartments. Uh, all in one night, because he overbooked himself, so he goes from one uh, upstairs, all the way downstairs, and back upstairs, and then he... he <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so and uh, he was
6: physical comedy, and he was imitating my accent, and they asked me to make my accent even thicker, more French-like, because mine is French-Canadian, and I would poke her on my lips like they do in Paris, and John would look at me, and poke her, because it was just, oh, my God, it was amazing, and Joyce, the witness, unless they were... It was just the nicest people to work with. And I'm thrilled to find out that I got a residual check the other day, you know, and I get them and they're like usually five cents, two cents by now. And I got a bigger one, I'm thinking why, from Three's Company. And it was called The Best of Three's Company. So our show made the best. And then I Googled it and Upstairs Downstairs has been voted number one favorite episode by a bunch of fans online. So it was, oh, it's so nice. What a nice thing, well, you know, to be part of well, that. Well,
2: Marie, you're, you're, you're not going to believe this, and I know you're not, but uh, <laughs> I did vote for that episode.
6: Did you? <laughs> so funny. Because when, when people found out, oh, you're interested in one I said, well, I have this. The the shopping, I said, oh my God, you were in this blue jumpsuit. People remember what I was wearing. It's weird. I don't know why that episode is so, people remember that one more than the others because they were so, all of them were so funny. But uh, yeah, it was like, it would have changed my life if I stayed on the show, that's for sure. But, you know, things things happen for a reason. Um, But I I really love the comedy. Yeah. And I went from comedy Uh, to horror.
2: (laughs) Uh, Marie, Marie Lawrence, our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. we got about 19 minutes. Now, uh, Now you mentioned that uh, you said you went to school with John Eric Hexum, correct?
6: Acting school with under Peggy Fury. Peggy was like the acting teacher where, for example, Sean Penn was in the class. You know, Lily Tomlin was in the class. It was that kind of acting, acting class. Uh, it was unbelievable. She was an unbelievable uh, teacher. She was like a mother figure to me, and she unfortunately... At a tragic death in a uh, car car crash, uh, but John Eric was in was within the class for improv, improvisation, yeah. And he was just first of all, the man was like breathtakingly beautiful, very classy, very sweet, uh, just really really nice guy. You know, the the
2: one thing though, like I said, uh, uh, John Eric Hexum, uh, he was on a TV show called The Voyagers. Uh and right. he played Phineas Bogg and uh he played uh uh he played a time traveler in the movie and uh um he played with uh he played opposite uh Mino uh Palouse, Uh and uh if if you guys did not know, Mino Pelouse, her sister uh, his sister was Punky Brewster. Uh and oh, uh okay. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And uh
6: no, you know, I don't
2: I What re- do you remember exactly where you were when you heard about uh John Eric uh his yeah, actions? Do you remember acting, exactly where you were?
6: Class. I was in the acting class. In Peggy's class and people sh- start showing up crying. And we're like, "What is oh. going on?" and found
2: out, yeah. Yeah, I know that. I, I remember how devastating that was. Uh Marie Lawrence, our guest here on uh, eighty nine point one Ken's FM and uh we got uh well we got about I don't know, ten, fifteen minutes left with uh Marie here. So uh uh let's uh we get all our information here uh from uh IMDB dot com. So if any of this information is accurate, uh inaccurate, blame them, not us. Uh but no, first it's, all good. Of,
0: it's all true.
2: Okay. Before before we continue, those of us that uh those of you who listen to our show regularly if you go to uh, attitude Air Monday, live money page, you like that you go to uh, eighty nine point one kens FM page you like that uh and you also do a ten dollar month of power to power the tower uh you get qualified to win an autograph uh, from a past guest current guest, and future guest now uh, and i'll understand if you turn me down for this uh uh miss lauren but uh, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways
6: yes absolutely i i I will send them with pleasure i've been battling uh Covid, my old, we all got Covid in my house and it was really brutal. So I'm still a bit loopy, but it was. I've been in, I was in bed for two weeks and I'm still suffering from uh, effects. I lost my sense of smell. I'm having a hard time focusing. I'm a little confused. So that's why. I, but I will take care of it this week. Now, did you wanted the other graph just on, on cars? Because I don't have headshots, but I can print print the headshots out. How do you want that? Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Whatever you can do for us is is fine. Okay. And
6: okay, uh,
2: okay. So now I know why you've been taking my calls because you're feeling loopy. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
6: <laughs> I'm, I'm dazed so, confused. Uh,
2: let, let's talk uh, about some of the projects that you got coming out. Uh, it looks like okay. just completed. Uh, Violent delights, uh, 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 which is completed, and you have two movies in post production: The Uncanny, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Bios uh, Dodo is it? Or oh
6: is Dodo, that? yeah, that is a, is a short that I did. I just never completed it. I have to get my act to get it finish it was a short when I was studying uh, I, I took acting classes uh, with James Franco. And uh Wow Which by the way uh, Yeah, okay, go ahead, ask me questions. I'm sure you want to ask me questions. Uh, well well was, hey, was, uh
2: you got to do a project with James Franco. Now uh yeah. uh Matthias, you know who James Franco is, right? No,
3: mm-hmm. well, of course.
2: And you know what he's famous for, right? What is he famous for?
3: Well, I mean, it all depends. He's famous for a few things.
2: What is the most thing he's famous for in the comic book realm?
3: Comic book. That I wouldn't say right. I wouldn't know right off the top of my head. Because, you know, I'm not big into comic books. Well, yeah, well, you like Pokemon, though. Very true.
2: Uh, James Franco, of course, was in the first uh, three uh, Spider-Men. He... uh, he played uh, the Green Goblin's son, as a matter of fact, in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Marie Lawrence, our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. We've got about uh, 10 minutes here left with uh, uh, Miss Lauren. So uh, what other things are you working on now uh, that uh, you could kind of uh, tell us about that uh, you want to clue your fans that are listening right now into?
6: Uh, well, I'm I, mean, uh, I think very, very excited is' this film. A feature film called The Uncanny. It's done, by the way. I just have to get on MDB and change the thing. We just had a private screening for cast and crew and friends. Uh, Just before I got sick of COVID, it went great. Uh, It's a supernatural psychological uh, movie. I produced it. I wrote it with my daughter. She directed it, and I played a lead in it. And it's a a Unionist-type movie and we had never done that before but i had taken a filmmaking class with james and uh, it was I, I absolutely loved this class and that's how i i learned you james to encourage us with the new technology to get up our butt and be in charge of our own career and create opportunities and because i've been out of the industry for so long nobody's knocking my door i'm thinking heck i will do that and I had a, a dear aunt of, me, of mine passed away, and she left me a very small inheritance. And I took that money, and I decided, why not? I'm making my own movie, and that's what we did.
2: Now, uh, one thing I was wondering if you could uh, tell us uh, the way I the way I understand it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you uh, you had uh, talked your family into eating a lot of jello pudding. Uh, could you tell yes. us about that?
6: Yes. Well, when I was a little girl, I was upset with anything that have to do with theater and acting and puppets. So Jell-O had a special in those days where if you sent X amount of empty bucks of Jell-O, you would get a huge cardboard puppet theaters with puppets. So my aunt, my grandparents, and both of my family, everybody started eating Jell-O. They hated Jell-O, but they started buying Jell-O so I would get my theater, which I did. And I had it forever. And I entertained the neighborhood kids with, you would buy my little my little skits and do the puppet thing. And that's uh, how I started my passion for show business, I guess.
2: (laughs) So uh, Jell-O is, uh, uh, so let me ask you this, how come Jell-O has never sponsored any one-year movies then?
6: (laughs) I never approached him. You know what's a good idea? I should. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm sure my, my latest movies too is wholesome enough for Jello is a very dark movie that deals with depression and suicide, so it's, it's, it's very dark. Uh, but there are puppets. See, there are puppets in the movie because I turned our therapist. And when I work as a counselor with child, abused children, I did use puppets for the kids, so I recreated some of those scenes in the film.
2: And, uh, you know, what's interesting about... Uh, uh, that particular thing about the jello, the reason why I brought that up is uh, you can actually find the articles and you can actually find one of the uh, theater, uh, one of the old public uh, theaters uh, on eBay. Uh, it's going for $129 oh dollars
0: right now. Wow. So, uh, you are
2: great
6: at researching stuff.
2: Well, you know, uh, I'd I like to thank my producer. Oh, that's me. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so Marie Lawrence, our guest on 89.1 kids F M. we got about five minutes. So, you, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you're going through the COVID thing and, uh, you're just getting over COVID. Um, what, uh, uh, how did, uh, other than the fact that you got it, uh, how did that kind of affect, uh, your career in other aspects, uh, when it first started out and came out?
6: Oh my God! The whole COVID thing—that was a disaster. Over oh, a disaster for the world, i come out like a narcissist, uh, you know. It, it, but for us, we were in post-production with the uncanny, and we turned in our uh, our final cut of the uncanny to Technicolor for color correction around Christmas in 2019, and then all everything fell apart, and my colorist at Technicolor had to go. Didn't let people go you know to lock down and you just had to wait and wait and wait now the and this is a cute story I can finish with my I had a you know this is an ultra ultra low-budget movie all right so my colorist uh, that would have been his first job as a colorist in the film he was going to train on my film to be a full-blown colorist and then he went home to COVID and then meanwhile Steven Spielberg came knocking on Technicolor, and his colorist hired my Colorist to work on Spielberg's movie, West Side Story. So, of course, you got Marie, little Marie on one side, and you got Steven on the other side. So, of course, little Marie had to wait and wait and wait. And I remember one day, driving all the way to West Hollywood to work on the film, my Colorist gets a phone call. He said, oh, you said, you have to go home. Steven is on its way. I'm thinking... Oh my God! Well, I guess now I'm in the big boys club, right? So I thought I right. that was actually a sign. I thought it was pretty comical, but by the time he, he came to us and worked on our film, he was a full blown colorist. I had work on West Side Story. So he did a. His name is Kevin Schneider, and he did an amazing job. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't know the work involved in post production, with color correction. It's unbelievable. Uh, how you can manipulate the audience with emotion by, you know, changing the hues and the color palette and a little more blue here, a little more red. You know I mean, it's, and I sat there at Technicolor in this huge theater just watching the film on and on, and it's really fascinating. I just love being a producer. I've never done that before. I'm an actress, and it was baptismal by fire. And, like, to work, with have this amazing composer named Miriam yeah, I mean, it was just great working with the music. For example, I mean, I enjoy the whole, the whole thing. It was such a different aspect from being an actress.
2: And uh, real quick here, so we can do this. Our fans want to check you out. You got a Facebook an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got?
6: I don't have my handle. Uh, I have a Deonkenny a Facebook page. I'm on Instagram. I'm Marie. J Lauren, uh, but is it possible I send you the link and then you can post sure. it? Or I don't have that work. Yeah, okay. I would, but we do have an Kenny Page, uh, which sort of sort of withered away for a couple of because uh, a couple of years because we're just we were just waiting, and now finally it's done. So the goal of the film now is for 2023 to try to get in some festivals, hoping to find and, you know uh, distribution and work that way. One other thing that uh, our our, fan,
2: uh, our fans sent me a question. They wanted me to ask you this real quick. Uh, uh, we only have a couple. We only have about uh, two minutes here left with you. Uh, you were on the episode of Love Boat, uh, January 24th, 1981. Uh, of course, the episode was only 49 minutes long. It should have been longer because you were on it, but. Now I was just kind of curious. The set of the love boat—you obviously were not on a uh, on a real boat. So if you want to kind of give us a little uh, background of what the what that set was like to make it actually seem like you were on a boat, even though you weren't.
6: No, there was no boat. There was—it wasn't the a set of. Yeah, it wasn't in, a, I think it was in 20th Century Fox uh, in Century City uh, in that area, and it was just just different rooms to look like like cruise ship rooms and a little deck with a like a little bridge thingy. But yeah, there was. I, maybe, I think they shot a few episodes on The Real Boat, but it, it was all fake. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a lot of fun, too. Yeah, take like the little French king and pen uh, pal. <laughs> and the name of
2: the episode was Gopher's Bride, Love with a Married Man, mm-hmm. Not Tonight Jack, is what the name of the episode was. I'll never forget that. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Maria, you've been awesome, and thank you very much and uh, for joining us, and most importantly... Thank you for being a friend of the icon and a friend of the shows. And if we didn't scare you away too much, we'd like to have you back on again at, uh, at, at a later date if you'd uh, join us again.
6: And I'd be honored. I love being on your show. I think you're a great, great host. And you, you know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that you did your work. I'm impressed.
2: I appreciate it, Marie. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you very much. You have a lovely evening. Bye-bye.
2: All right, Marie Lauren, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, we got about uh, well, we got about uh, three minutes here before we got to wrap up the show. But, uh, Randy, uh, you had mentioned that uh, you have a new nickname that we're going to have to incorporate into the show. What is that?
1: Well, I had a very good friend give this name, mention this name to me Saturday night at the big WFC show that we went to at Strava Slams. And he said that I should, my name Well I could still Have the Granny Holster, But He called me The godmother Of wrestling Really? Yeah And well, I, think I, awesome. need, I think I think I think I need To get that On a shirt Like Granny Holster, the godmother Of wrestling I think I think I need I think that should be My new granny shirt You know I mean, I've been wanting That's to come awesome. up with a new shirt for quite some time, and I had the opportunity to get to slap James Storm in the face twice Saturday night. Thanks to my good friends, you remember Chelsea Stockhouse who we had on our show when I first called in. The first I time do I called into your show. Yep, I so. remember that. Uh huh. Her husband, Sam Stackhouse, faced James Storm Saturday night. And I got to slap James Storm in the face twice.
2: Wow. How did he take he was it? Coming over.
1: He, badly. Well, you know, well, well, first he came over. First he came over. And of course, he started giving me grief. And I had a small bag of... Um, baked Lay's barbecue potato chips sitting on the table because we were, you know, we had reserved a VIP for front row table for the night, for the show. And I hadn't even opened my chips yet. And he just grabbed that small bag of chips, just barely popped, just barely squeezed the bag, just enough that it crushed the chips, and that bag of chips popped open, and potato chips went flying all over the table. Well, Wow. And then he gets in my face and says, "Oh, Gray, I dare you to hit me, darling. I hear you—you you know, you—you—they say you're so tough. I dare you to hit me." And I said, "Can I? Will you let me?" Can I? He says, "Yeah, I dare you." And he pointed to his cheek, and I went to slap him, and he backed up, and he says, "Ooh, I thought you were so tough, Granny." And Sam comes up and taps him on the shoulder. He says, "Ruff, I told you to get away from me." Sam tapped him on the shoulder. Get his ref. I told you to get away from me. Well, James Storm turns around, and Sam Stackhouse hit him, and then he started to run off. And then he grabbed James Storm, and he came back, and he held me. He says, okay, Granny, do your thing. And I slapped him the first time, and the crowd went wild, and the Granny chant started. And Sam's like, one more time. He grabbed him again and held him again. I slapped him a second time. And so after the show I went up to talk to him I said, Well, I said, Thanks for letting Granny slap you, James. That was kinda of fun He says, Yeah, Granny he says, My doll still hurts. He says, You hit pretty good for a girl <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well,
5: I'll tell you what funny funny
1: part. Part. Oh, one ahead. One we get. Oh one more we got funny about, thing uh, was <laughs> what, what what one more funny thing was Sam grabbed somebody's container of popcorn and poured popcorn down the back of his rustling trunks. And he was going around the ring trying to get popcorn out of his rustling
2: trunks. Awesome.
1: And then my son gave him his, gave, Anthony gave him his Budweiser cowboy hat that he wore. He gave that his cow, that Budweiser cowboy hat to James' door after the show Saturday night. Oh, it was a and, uh,
2: and what we'll do next week, Matthias, we're going to tell you, uh, we're going to get your reaction uh, how you would react if someone hit you with a bag of chips. Uh, but we're not going to do that now. you got to tune in next week. But uh, uh, until next week, uh, this is uh, the icon with uh, on my left, Granny Hulkster on my right, uh, the Modern Nightmare, Matthias. Uh, big swing wherever you are. Uh, probably doing other stuff. Uh, we'll uh, see you guys all next week. If you want to see what's going on in the show next week, go to our Facebook page, it to the Air, Monday Live Monday. Uh, the likes are going through the roof uh, since we started doing this. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, love each other, be safe, care for each other, and we'll see you back here next week as we bid you farewell until then.
1: You think you know me.